Today's message was recorded for Sunday, July 26, 2020. Jesus, we confess that we do need you. Lord, for your word says, without you, we can do nothing. Lord, through Christ, we can do all things through you because you give us strength. Jesus, we thank you that you have made perfect provision for your people. Perfect provision for salvation, deliverance, healing, spirit, soul, and body. Jesus, we thank you that you have left nothing undone. And Lord, as we prepare our hearts to receive communion, Lord, we ask for the washing of the water by the word. We ask for the washing of the blood of Jesus. Lord, your word says that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus, we thank you that your blood has purchased our deliverance and freedom. We thank you, Lord, for the sealing of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I just pray for the treasures of the gospel, Lord, just to be made even more apparent to our hearts, our spirits, Lord, that you would enlighten the eyes of our understanding. Lord, we are bombarded every day with news and media information. Jesus, you are the good news. Lord, you have an everlasting gospel that brings hope, salvation, deliverance. Lord, it's the only hope of this world. Lord, Paul the Apostle was preaching the unsearchable riches of Christ. That, Lord, in Christ all the fullness of the Godhead dwelled bodily. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are an all-sufficient Savior. And, Lord, we look forward to your soon return. Lord, help our hearts to be filled with expectation and awe, faith, love, and wonder. Lord, that we would lift up our heads knowing that our redemption draws nigh. Lord, these are not days to live in fear, anxiousness, anxiety. These are days to live in faith. These are days to live filled with the love of God. These are days, Lord, that we ought to be just overflowing with the fruit of your spirit and the power of God. Jesus, you have called us to be ambassadors of you. Help us, Lord, to represent you faithfully, that we would arise and shine for the light has come and the glory of God will be seen upon your people. Use us, Lord, for your glory. Jesus, we pray for our country. We pray for our state, for all those in leadership right now. God, we ask that you'd have mercy. Lord, that you would lead them, guide them, direct them, raise up godly counselors. Lord, just as you did with Joseph, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniels, Esthers. Lord, place godly people into places of counsel. And Lord, for those who would seek to bring harm to your people, Lord, we thank you. And we just are reminded of the story of Esther that, Lord, there's always a Haman. There's always a Pharaoh. There's always a Nebuchadnezzar. There's always somebody who wants to cause harm to your people. But Lord... You rule over all. And Jesus, we place our faith in you and we say, let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, until that time comes when you split open that sky, may we be found faithful, following you, living for you all the days of our life. Lord, I ask that you would cause our hearts to grow from faith to faith to faith to faith. Lord, you said in your word, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Lord, let it be said of your church, of your bride, that yes, you will. Jesus, as iniquity is abounding, I pray that you would cause our hearts just to continue to grow in the love of God. Lord, that we would not grow cold or callous, but Lord, that we would be radiant 
with the glory of God, holding forth the word of life, Lord, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Lord, we have the only message of hope. Lord, I pray for boldness, last of all. Lord, you see what's going on, and Lord, it's no different. There has never been an easy time to serve you. And Lord, just as the early disciples prayed for more boldness, God, we ask for boldness. Lord, that you would give us great courage. Lord, just as you spoke to Joshua, be strong. Be of good courage. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes before you. He will not fail you nor forsake you. Lord, may we follow those, those heroes of the faith. Say, Lord, through you, we will be bold, strong, and courageous. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I don't know if you have a need right now, church, but if you do, I just want to encourage you to lift up your hands to the Lord. And as I said at the beginning, the Lord has made perfect provision for us. Lord, do you see the hands that are raised right now? Lord, I think of many who couldn't be here this morning. They're perhaps watching, Lord, on the internet. God, right now, we thank you that you are still our healer, our provider, protector, defender, deliverer. You're the rock on which we stand. And Jesus, we look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith, and we pray for healing in Jesus' name for every soul. And everybody said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. You can go ahead and play a little bit. That's wonderful, Judy. If you did not receive communion, if you could please lift up your hands so that way Gene or Usher back there, I think you all got it. Just be mindful on the top. These are these, these newer ones. It's got the cellophane on top. It's got two layers, and it's got the wafer up top. I'd like to read a scripture here out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It says, For I have received from the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take ye, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show or proclaim the Lord's death until he come. I'm going to go ahead and read the next set of verses here. Therefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord, but let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eats and drinks unworthily eats and drinks damnation or judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Verse 27 through 32, when it talks about eating this bread and drinking this cup unworthily, being guilty of the body and blood of the Lord, what is he saying there? I think most of you know and ought to know that there is none worthy, no, not one. Please say amen. That we're not to approach the Lord's Supper casually, with a callous heart, a hard heart, that if there is this willful, stubborn sin, uh, we don't mess around with communion. No, we are to judge ourselves. What does that mean? How are you doing with Jesus? Are you living a life for the honor and the glory of Jesus? This came at a great price that he willingly gave his life for you and me. 
He willingly shed his blood for the forgiveness of your sins. As Steve said at the beginning, he bought us out of that slave market. Who was our slave master? Sin and Satan. And here, because of Jesus, we have been bought out of that slave market. And why? So that way we can serve God in freedom and liberty and the power of God. I'm going to encourage us to hold this bread together. The Bible says that Jesus had stripes that were laid upon his back for our healing. Physical healing, yes, but some people need emotional healing. Healing in their mind. They need that renewing of the mind. You have these memories that keep going through your mind and you just can't get out of the past for some reason. As we hold this bread, I just want us to reach out in faith, recognizing that Jesus, you willingly went to that cross, not begrudgingly, Lord, but because you loved your people and you came to rescue us, not to give us a partial redemption or salvation, but a complete salvation. Jesus, we hold this bread together, and we thank you that your word says that by your stripes we are healed, that your body was broken for your people. Lord, I always remember that as the woman with the issue with with blood, that she reached through the crowd to touch the hem of your garment. And Lord, as she reached through to touch the hem of your garment, she was healed. Lord, how much more when we hold on to this bread in faith to say, Lord, you said that this is your body, which was broken for us. And Lord, right now we hold on to your broken body and we receive it with gratitude, thanksgiving. Lord, for healing physical, mind, emotion, spiritually. Lord, that we would be whole and complete For your word says that we are complete in Christ. Let's partake of this bread together, church. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Let's hold this cup together. Jesus, we thank you. That this cup, Lord, it represents the new covenant in your shed blood. Thank you, Jesus, that your blood sets the captives free. Thank you, Jesus, that, Lord, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Lord, we acknowledge that it is not of our good works or anything that we can do, but, Lord, you are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And Jesus, we receive this cup with gratitude. Lord, may we drink it worthily, not because we are worthy, but because we recognize the price that you paid. It says, Lord, know you not that you are not your own. You've been purchased with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. They belong to God. So, Lord... As we receive this cup, Lord, may we receive the forgiveness, not as a license to go and do as we please, but may we receive this cup with gratitude to walk in freedom, to live for Jesus Christ in boldness and love and faith all the days of our life. Lord, may we be found worthy of your kingdom because we receive it and its benefits, Lord, to become who you have called us to become in Jesus' name. Let's receive this cup together, please. Thank you, Jesus. God, we praise you. We thank you, Lord. 
Lord, I thank you that even 2,000 years later, Lord, that your blood is still sufficient. Thank you, Lord, that your redemption is complete. Thank you, Lord, that our inheritance is secure in you. Thank you, Lord, that you give your people the earnest of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus. Jesus. You're no longer a slave to sin. You're no longer a slave to drug addiction. You're no longer a slave to mental disease. You're no longer a slave to alcoholism. You're no longer a slave to pornography. You're no longer a slave to your past. You're no longer a slave to your family. You're no longer a slave to all the things that the devil has put before you. For we do not war against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, forces of wickedness. You are no longer a slave to these things. You accept my blood, you accept my body. You place it in yours, you have my spirit within you. You are a son, you are a daughter of the living king. You are no longer a slave to sin. So walk as a king's son. Walk as a king's daughter. Hold your head high. Stand firm in the word that I have given you, in the spirit that I have given you, that others might know that you are called to be separate. You are called to be above this world. You are called to be of a different place. And show those that are lost that my way is the right way, that my way is the highway. The road is narrow, but you have chosen this road. So walk this way, that others might see, that others might know that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one shall come to me except through Jesus Christ, the sacrifice that you have claimed to receive today, that you should receive it, not of anything you have done, but what I have done for you. To call you out to be a part. You are no longer a slave to sin. You are a my child. You are a child of the living God. Says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. 
We love you. We bless your name, O oh God, forever and ever and ever and all. Oh. oh, we love you, Jesus. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty Savior. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Jesus, we love you. God, we praise you. We praise you, O oh Lord. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. In the days that my prophets prophesy, in the last days of come. Famine, hunger, and everything. But not be afraid because I am with you. How I take my people out of Egypt and I brought them through for 40 years and I sustained them and I was with them. And, and as I believe in this hour that I am with you, no, 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 no walk by fear, but walk by faith. And you will see the great things that I will do in this hour, say the Lord. No be afraid. Just seek me. You shall find me. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and look unto me, say the Lord. And you see the great things that I put before you. I will open doors before you. And... And come to that door. I say, come, 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 my people. Uh, I give you a string. I will give you direction in this hour and what to do in this hour. 
because I am your God, I am your Father, I am the one that chose you before the foundation that is grown, and I want to prepare you for this hour, because in this hour, I want you to shine, I want you to succeed, the grow or see that you are my people, and I am with you, and you uh, um, will come higher, higher in this hour, and not be afraid. In my arms about you, saith the Lord. What glory will fill your soul as you worship me. Hallelujah. You find that freedom and that love and that joy and that peace. Hallelujah. That you'll only find in the Lord your God. So draw nigh unto me, saith the Lord, and I will draw nigh unto you. Hallelujah. And show you mighty, mighty things that have never even come and entered into your mind because I have so much in store for my children because I love you with an everlasting love. So come, hallelujah, walk with me in unity, saith the Lord, and I will love you. Oh, hallelujah, and you will rejoice in the God of your salvation and bring glory to my name. Hallelujah, for that will please me mightily, Lord, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, we worship you this morning. We walk in your truth, Lord. We walk in your love. Hallelujah. And we are blessed. Oh, we are so blessed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God. Mighty God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In no other name but the name of Jesus, there is peace, victory, in no other name but the name of Jesus. Look not to this world. Do not fear this world. There is power and strength and glory in the blood that was shed on the cross. And the victory was in the grave that stood empty that Sunday morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise, church? Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Isn't God good? God is good. Jesus, we love you. Jenny has something that she asked if she could share here. God is so good. Feast on his word. Feast on his word. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Matthew 4, 4. Men shall not live, live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word of God is to your spirit as bread is to your body. When you feast on the word of God, it produces a spiritual power called faith. We can't say, oh, I have read that. Oh, I have heard this message before. 
we need to read it again. God can give you fresh revelation on a verse or a message. It will jump out in you and come alive in your spirit. It will be just what you needed at that time. You can't get results doing what you've been doing. We must spend time in prayer and in the word of God. We must allow the spirit to nourish us daily. We must replenish the force of faith within you. Ask the Lord. Find a book in the Bible to read, to chew on. Find, ask the Lord, where do you want me to read? Where do you want me to start reading? Choose a book in the Old Testament and one in the New. Ask the Lord, what book do you want me to start reading? What's going to touch your heart? What's going to transform you? What's going to change you? Ask the Lord for revelation. Ask him to help you to get this word, his word in your spirit. Remove the distractions around you when you read his word. Remove the distractions. Get to that quiet place again. Go to that quiet place again. Isaiah 55. If any of you have not read that, he speaks of abundant life. Chew on that. Isaiah 55, that chapter, chew on that word. So good. He speaks of his goodness. He speaks of have living an abundant life. John 10.10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You want healing? Feast on his word. You need a restoration? Feast on his word. Are you struggling with addictions? Are you struggling from things from the past? Feast on his word. Taste and see that the Lord is good. We praise you, Lord. Jesus, we do turn our eyes upon you. Lord, you are the author and the finisher, the completer of our faith, the one who began a good work in us. You are faithful to finish that work. Jesus, we thank you for what you are doing, what you have done, what you're going to do. And Jesus, help us to keep our eyes on you in these days to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I ask you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Colossians chapter 3? Thank you for those who shared and for allowing the Lord to, to share a word. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on this earth. For you are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. If you then are risen with Christ, who here has given their heart to Jesus? Have you been risen with Christ? When we identify with him in, in baptism, we're identifying with his death and resurrection. We go down in those waters of baptism. We are raised in newness of life. And so we identify with him. I am crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20. I'm preaching without a mask right now. I'm like 20 feet away from you, so it's easier to preach without the mask on. 
Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I now live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me, and he gave himself for me. Could you repeat that? Say, who loved me? Say, Jesus loved me. Repeat that. Say, Jesus loved me. He gave himself for me. It's not hard for people to comprehend that God loves this world and he loves other people, but Jesus loves you, church. And when you are born again into the family of God, you have died to the life of sin. You have died to the old man. And so then you are raised in newness of life. If you then have been raised with Christ, it says, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. This goes along with the theme of all that we've heard of so many different beautiful words. Uh, I, I can't mention all of them, but Millie was talking about Jesus, you know, his sheep hear his voice. We know the voice of the good shepherd. Jesus said, come unto him, all who are weary and heavy laden. Why? For he will give us rest. He is uh, meek and lowly, gentle in heart. We'll find rest for our souls. And so if we've been raised with Christ, Paul the Apostle said, then seek those things which are above. Set your mind, old King James says, set your affection on things above, not on things on this earth. This is a timeless word from 2,000 years ago because there is so much temptation to set our mind on the things of this world. And if we're a born-again Christian, the Bible's like, no, if we've been raised with Christ, we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus because if we are his ambassadors, his representatives, if we're not keeping our eyes on Jesus, we're going to have our focus in the wrong place and our faith will be diminished, fear and anxiety, agitation, all the things of this world will begin to grow up in our hearts. And how do we combat that? We say, Lord, if I am raised with you, my citizenship is in heaven. I am thankful, and I just bless God. I wasn't even born in this country. I was born in Germany, but thank God my parents got me out of Germany quick. I'm thankful for this country. I'm thankful for America. But I want to tell you, church, we are citizens of heaven first and foremost, that if you're a child of the king, and that's a hard shift because there's a lot of things in the church world where there's so much politics and things that go on. I don't want to bring that in too much on Sunday morning. But I heard something the other day where these people were promoting a big rally, a big prayer rally for in, in uh, September, bringing the country to repentance. And um, this guy made the statement. He says, I want to tell Christians that, that revival is not going to come through the prayer closet this time. It's going to come through the ballot box. I almost fell off my chair when I heard that. I was like, wait, 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 wait a second, I'm all for voting, I'm all for that. But no, if we're a Christian's church, we can't have, we can't have more faith in a politician than we can Jesus. Amen. And it will be the utter tragedy of the church if their faith is simply in a candidate or a political party, and then times come and times go. And this guy continued to say that we need to have officials in high office, that God wants to bring revival, and he will bring revival when we have God-fearing people in leadership. And it sounded great, but I was like, where is that in the book of Acts? Wait a second, they had Nero, and they had all these wicked people in leadership. They weren't dependent upon heaven. You know, praise God for godly people in leadership. Please say amen. Amen. But getting back to the book, to the Bible, God's word, church. If you then have been uh, raised with Christ, 
It says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Set your mind, your affection on things above, not on things down here. Why? For you have died. I was talking to a friend, Matt, if you're listening from Alaska. I, was gonna, I told him I'd tell you this. He had good news for me. We're all going to die. <laughs> he was being a little bit sarcastic a bit in a good way. He's like, I've got news for all of us. We're all going to die. But you know, for the Christian, we have already died with Christ. We're not to live in fear. That beautiful song, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. The worst that this world has to offer, church, is to leave this world for us and to go see Jesus. And I am not to live in fear of death. I am not to live in fear of the things of this world. No, I have already died. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I. Christ Jesus lives in me. He lives in you. Are you allowing Jesus to live in you? And if not, if you feel like the the flame, the candle is a flickering flame, well, how do you get that flame going? Get your eyes back on Jesus. Lord, I'm going to turn my eyes upon you, look to you. But the Apostle Paul, he knew all about it. He said, set your affection. I don't know if you're messing with something, Jason, but it's getting a bit. There you go. Um, Set your affection on things above, not on things down here. Why? You have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then you will also appear with him in glory. What does it mean to have your life hidden with Christ in God? Go to Ephesians now, please. Go to the book of Ephesians now, please. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, he has quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved, and he has raised us up together. He has made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Colossians says your life is hidden with Christ in God. Well, where is Christ? He is seated. We, we are seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He is far above all principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world. We've got to have our eyes there, church. Say, Lord, my citizenship is elsewhere. Jesus, you want my eyes to be on you, on the living word of God as I feast upon the word of God. Jenny was sharing that message that your faith will be strengthened. Spend time and chew on that word of God. His word, church, is sufficient for you. There's a lot today. Jesus said in the last days, there'll be many false prophets, many false Christs that who, who will arise. Uh, this one guy, he's got a book out. It's got a new revelation. Now he's finally able to release this new revelation. I'm like, I have enough revelation here. I don't need any more trouble with other, any other revelations. God has given us a sure word of prophecy. Second Peter says that we do well to take heed, to pay attention to that as unto a light that is shining in a dark place. There's going to be lots of distractions, church, in this age. We haven't been able to meet like this until the past month in a long time. We need this. We're the people of God. The assembly of God's people, sharing together, encourage, exhort one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. Lift up those heads. Lift up those heads, for your redemption is drawing near. 
Church, we ought to be the most faith, hope, joy-filled people in spite of it all. Why? Because my life is hidden with Christ in God. Aren't you scared of COVID? I tell you, I'll do precautions. I'm doing the best I can with all precautions. I'm not in a hurry to go to heaven. I'm not going to live in fear of it. Aren't you concerned about all what the government's doing? I'm aware of it, but I'm not. That my life is hidden with Christ in God. Amen. And regardless of what politician gets in office, my life is hidden with Christ in God. Amen. I'm hidden in Him. In Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Him, I am complete. In Him is the fullness of God's love. In Him, I have a rich inheritance. Heaven and earth may pass away, but God's word will never pass away. I'm even stopping shouting and spitting on you guys because I don't want to get COVID on you. If you can't hear the intensity of my voice right now, I'm playing with you a little bit, but... If it wasn't for this annoying COVID stuff, I'd be running all around this place and just hollering at you. You got a mask on? I'll put my mask on too then. Church, abide in him. The, The theme that came to my heart this morning, last night, I was here late last night and up late last night at home. I was just praying, just spending time with the Lord is abide in him. John chapter 15, if you'll turn there. I'm not going to keep you super much longer, but we're going to enjoy the Lord here while we're here. It's just going to be 90 degrees outside and super hot. John chapter 15, verse 4. And the reason why this word, I believe, came to me is because there are so many distractions. There are so many distractions and so many voices and again, so many people, I, I just, I'll share this again, the one who's having the big prayer rally. I said, not trying to be sarcastic, I says, I wonder, I wonder what book he's trying to sell now. And then I find out, like this week, oh, he's got a book that's going to be out in September to coincide with that big prayer gathering at the National Mall. I'm like, God bless him. I just have a hard time believing Jeremiah the prophet or Isaiah would be profiting off of book sales if they had a message for the nation, get it out to the nation. Yeah. You don't have to sell millions of books and then what are you going to do? I don't know. There's so many conflicting voices, church. Jesus has given us an all-sufficient word that you're going to have people in the days and weeks, months, years to come if Jesus should tell you that you've got to listen to this. This is the newest word, the newest prophecy, the, the newest secret I've got to show that it hasn't been unlocked because God's given fresh revelations today. I've got enough trouble with revelation I already have. Not trouble. What I mean is I've got enough that I'm, I'm full. It brings satisfaction in a good way. It brings a fullness and an abundance that if we look at the church historically, can I diverge a little bit before we get to John 15? There's a lot of concern about the mark of the beast and this vaccination. I'm not prepared to go into long stuff about this right now, but I learned I'm, I'm, I'm doing a book on Revelation, a study, four different views of Revelation. Do you realize there's like four main views of how people have interpreted Revelation throughout church history? And I'm like, I'm going to read that book for this reason, because I want to gain a historical perspective of how has the church looked at Revelation for the past 2,000 years. Does that sound like a decent idea? 
I think so. Do you realize that the Roman Catholic Church, that they sometimes would not allow Christians to buy or sell, they forbid them from buying or selling, that even hundreds of years ago that they would have think, well, there's the mark of the beast, and the Pope himself was considered the Antichrist? That was church history. But Pentecostals, we don't know that a lot, and it's, I'm, I'm part to blame. I'm a pastor here. We don't know our church history. Some of us don't. And so there's all this stuff on the internet. Is, is this vaccination going to be the mark? And all da 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 I'm like, church, let's get into God's word. Amen. And let's not get fixated on one person's opinion about it. Get into God's word. When you realize that throughout church history, there have been times and seasons where God's people were not able to buy and to sell. You know what it did? It kind of tamed me down a little bit about this fear and paranoia about like, oh no, what is Bill Gates trying to do? Like, Wait. How awful of a testimony is that to the world who is lost and dying? Then when Christians get in fear and paranoia and, and um, uh, conspiracy stuff, and they get all wrapped up in that, and then it comes and goes, and then what is the world left with as far as a testimony of Jesus? We're to proclaim Jesus Christ, him crucified, risen again. He is coming. We're to proclaim salvation, that today is the day of salvation, my friends. That this world is lost and broken, and there's a God who loved this world so much he gave his son Jesus for the salvation of your soul. Is human history coming to an end? Yeah, quite possibly. It has been for 2,000 years. And I'm not diminishing the fact that he is returning. I'm not a skeptic, but we've been in the last days for 2,000 years. Do you think 200 years ago they could have conceived of smartphones and, and highway travel and airplane travel and the technological advancements that we've seen the last 100 years? No, they couldn't. And so here we think we're so advanced. It's certainly at the door. I mean, it's all going to come crashing down at the end. Don't you think they thought that in World War II and World War I? It's the end of the world. Spanish flu? It's the end of the world. Church, why am I sharing this? Not in sarcasm, not to mock it. I promise you, is to say, Lord, help us to have some historical perspective and get in this book that we will not live in the fear and the paranoia of this day and age to say, Jesus, you have given us an all-sufficient rule of faith of how we're to live this world, and it's found in God's living word. Jesus is our Savior. He is coming soon. Is it today? I pray so. That would be awesomely amazing. What is, what is my concern? It's not to be the one who can figure out how and the exact day. My concern is to be living how he's called me to live. So when he does return, I'm ready. And so when he does return, that Cheryl and Don are ready. Amen? John chapter 15. Abide in me. Jesus is speaking. Abide in Jesus and Jesus in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, except it abides in the vine, no more can you, except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him the same brings forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. Men gather them, cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, though, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. If we don't abide in Jesus, verse 6, we are like a branch that is withered. 
And that definitely describes possibly, sadly, some here in this room. Do you feel withered and dried up? The reason is you're not abiding in Jesus, and Jesus wants you to get reconnected back to the vine again. He wants you to connect to him once again, to his living word, to his Holy Spirit. I was in the sanctuary last night just praying in the Holy Spirit in that heavenly prayer language, and and my heart really sunk again. For those, if you don't have that gift, by the way, I want to pray with you after service. I can't imagine living in this day without the gift of the Holy Spirit. To be able to pray in tongues, that heavenly prayer language. The Bible says that you're speaking mysteries, that you're not edifying others. You're edifying yourself. You're strengthening and building that most holy faith. And so what am I, why am I saying that? Ken, my water guy, my water friend, Jesus wants you connected to that vine. Just as you're familiar with water pipes that connect together, you know what happens, how annoying it is when a pipe doesn't, it's not connected anymore. When you're working on those pipes, I want you to picture yourself saying, Jesus, I want to be connected to the main line. Lord, I want to be connected to you that I'm receiving the flow and the life of God through me, your righteousness, your peace, your joy. Jesus said, he that believes on me out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Jesus and Isaiah, I forget where it's at, but it says that you will bring rivers in the desert. That the Lord, you will make the barren wilderness like the Garden of Eden. Jesus, I pray that you would take our homes, our marriages, our families, Lord, that as we believe on you and we feast on your word and we allow you to work through us, that you would take our homes Turn those wilderness dry places into the Garden of Eden. Lord, that we would have a river of life flowing through us wherever we go. Lord, there are dry and thirsty people all around this world who need to drink of the living waters of your Holy Spirit. Jesus, I pray that you would use us as a conduit, that we would just be surrendered and yielded to you, Lord, that let the peace of God flow from us wherever we go, that we would not bring agitation or trouble or turmoil, but we would bring the love of God, your kingdom, your kingdom come, your will be done in Jesus' name. Jesus says that if we abide in him and his word abides in us, we shall ask what we will and it shall be done. There is how his father is glorified that we would bear much fruit And so shall we be his disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will continue in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I was on the mountain with the Lord last night, and I got a funny text from my wife. She brought me back down from the mountain down to planet Earth. I wish I had my phone that I could read it to you. But basically, when you come home, make sure you keep the bathroom clean. <laughs> and I was just like, this is so funny. I'm just like getting lost in God and just praying. And I'm just like, like Moses on the mountain, you know, fire of God. And then I get this text, make sure you make sure the bathroom's clean. I love you, my wife. I love her. She's here somewhere. I'm like, it's just so funny. Somebody can make a movie about Moses, you know, he's just lost in God. And his wife like, hey, Moses, get down here right now. <laughs> And then she said, she sent a text to a friend that says, if you love me, keep my house clean. You know, if you love me, keep it clean, is what she sent back to me. 
<laughs> if you love me, keep it clean. <laughs> Jesus says, if we love him, keep his commandments. If we love him, church, do you love him? Abide in his word, remain in his word. You may not know where to start. As Jenny said, pick a book. Yeah, there's uh, 66 of them in here. <laughs> Any one of them is a good start. Pick a book and begin to feast upon it because Jesus is the living bread. He is the bread of heaven. His word is the living bread. You feast upon it. You meditate upon it. Psalms chapter 1, that he, that if you, I'm going to go ahead and read that. I don't want to misquote it here. Psalms 1, verse 1 through 3. Job Psalms. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Stand in the way of sinners or sit in the sea of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water that brings forth fruit in season. His leaf will not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Meditating, abiding, remaining in God's word. Uh, as you read this word, as I was praying last night, I just shared, I think I did this back in January. It might be on Facebook in an old video, but I just shared with you, well, how do you pray? What do you do? If you don't know even where to begin in your relationship with God, as you, you take God's word and you read it back to yourself as if the Lord's speaking to you and you pray God's word. I'll, I'll finish with this in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. How do you remain in God's word? What kind of blessings does it bring to your life as you're praying? Because some people, you know, that you'll hear someone like Millie pray or Evelyn, you know, some saint of God. We've got a house full of saints here. And you say, oh, Lord, I don't know how to pray like they know how to pray. Millie, how old were you when you got saved? 16. Did you know how to pray like you do now at 16 necessarily? No. Is it a growing process? Absolutely. Oh, man. Evie, how old were you when you got saved? About 12. 12. Wow. How would you say that you've grown into it? Yeah. Church, you get his word. Ephesians 1, 3. Don, I pray you do this this week. Blessed be the this is my prayer time now, your prayer time. Blessed be the God and Father of my Lord of my Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed me. Y'all can read that too, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. He has chosen me in him for, before the foundation of the world. Then I would pause there and say, Lord, thank you. You have chosen me. You have blessed me. I receive that, Lord. Have you ever given a gift to somebody and they haven't quite received it? Well, how do we receive the Lord? We read it, we believe it, and we acknowledge to the Lord, Lord, I receive that gift. Thank you. You have blessed me, Lord. You have chosen me before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blame before you and love. God, thank you that you want me to stand blameless, holy, in love. You go on to say, Lord, it says in verse 5, You have predestined me, Lord, unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to yourself according to the good pleasure of your will. Thank you, Jesus, for adopting me. Thank you, Lord, that this was according to your good pleasure, Lord, to the praise of the glory of your grace. You have made me accepted in the beloved. Thank you, Lord, for the glory of your grace. 
Oh, Lord, Paul the Apostle said that you came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Sometimes, Lord, I'd like to say, no, I'm the chief sinner. But thank you that you came to save me, to rescue me, to deliver me out of this evil world and to translate me into the kingdom of the Son of your love. Oh, Lord, I have redemption through your blood, the forgiveness of my sins according to the riches of your grace. Thank you for the redemption I have in your blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes white as snow. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, I thank you for your blood. Oh, I thank you for your blood that washes me white as snow. I have redemption through your blood. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Lord, I'm reminded at times, my dad used to say this, why did they have to sacrifice a lamb without the shedding of blood? There is no forgiveness of sins. Lord, they would bring that lamb into a house, and the children would, would be with that lamb. They would feed that lamb. They would become endeared to that lamb. And Lord, when the father of the house had to take that lamb and to offer him as a sacrifice, the children and family would see that lamb lose its life because of the sin of that family. And as my dad said, that it taught them from a very early age that sin is very expensive. Lord, I thank you for your blood that sets the captive free. I thank you for the power of your blood that breaks the power of sin and Satan. It releases us into liberty, Lord. Thank you for that complete redemption, God. Oh, Lord, this was according to the riches of your grace. Lord, I thank you. There is no poverty in heaven. There is no lack of grace. Lord, I thank you that your grace is sufficient for all the sins of this world. That, Lord, the call is going out now. Today is the day of salvation. Lord, today is the day to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And, Lord, your grace is sufficient for all who will turn their hearts to you. Lord, your grace is greater still. Lord, you have abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to me the mystery of your will. Thank you, Lord. Do you see how, church, you can just go through God's word? You can go through the gospels, the stories of the gospels, and put yourself in the pages of that story. I shared about the woman with the issue of blood. How about the Roman centurion who had a boy who was sick? And he's like, Lord, I'm not even worthy that you should come under my my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. You put yourself in the stories of the Bible. Live in God's Word. Abide in God's Word. Feast on God's Word. And as you abide in Him and His Word abides in you, He will transform your mind, renew your mind. Therefore, it says, therefore you will ask what you will and it shall be done. Jesus, we thank you 
for the living word of God. Jesus, we thank you that you have given us a sure word of prophecy. Thank you, Lord, that your word is forever settled in heaven. It is the anchor of our soul. Thank you, Jesus, that it brings stability and strength and comfort and encouragement. Thank you, Jesus, that your word brings salvation. Lord, I pray for Central Park Neighborhood Church. Lord, for the family of God that is present and those who are not able to be here, Lord, I pray for the strengthening and the empowering, the quickening of their spirit man, their inner man, as they feast on your word in Jesus' name. With every eye closed and heads bowed this morning, today is the day of salvation, church. And someday there is a trumpet that's going to sound. And Jesus Christ shall return. And if you want to make sure that you are absolute ready, that you are serving Jesus, that he is yours and you are his, and you know that if that trumpet were to sound or if you were to breathe your last breath, you would say, Lord, I know in my heart and conscience I'm not ready. But today you want to be ready. You want to make the first steps to say, Jesus, I want to surrender This rebel wants to lay down his pride, all of his attitudes, his opinions, and Lord, I want to begin to serve you. If that's you and you need to repent, you need to get right with Jesus Christ. Would you lift your hand? Anybody here? Say, Lord Jesus, I want to be yours. I want to be ready for you. Anybody here? Amen. Amen. Let's stand, church, together. Jesus. Lord, as we prepare to leave the sanctuary, I'm going to invite those who raise their hands that you will come, and I'm going to pray with you at the end. But, Lord, as we prepare to leave the sanctuary, Lord, I thank you that you have called us to be your ambassadors. Lord, help us to get our our word, our messages from you, from your word, to check back with headquarters continually, so to say. Lord, help us as your ambassadors, your representatives to... Lord, to reflect your word, your plans and purposes, Lord. Lord, help us to keep our eyes on Jesus, not on things down here, not to be troubled down here. But Lord, help us to truly live as an ambassador, enjoying the inheritance, Lord, that you have provided for us richly. In Jesus' name, Lord, cause your face to shine. Go before us, prepare the way. Use us, Lord, to be a witness wherever we go. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. If you need prayer, these altars are open, church. For those who raise their hands, I would love the opportunity to pray with you. Thank you so much, church, for trying to do your best to abide by these uh, guidelines that we're going through. Better days are ahead in Jesus' name. Have a wonderful Sunday afternoon.